everybody. Welcome to this week's Mastermind meeting. And the uh, with us today are Art Don in the Washington, D.C. area. Art, you're on mute. Hello, everyone. Uh, Chris Walsh in the uh, which parts of Maine? It's uh, Hollowell near the state capital of Augusta. And Harry Leg in the Verona, New Jersey, New York City area. Hello, hello. And Forrest Abnamia in the Ohio, Selimwich City and close to Columbus, I know. Yeah. You're on. I am in uh, Columbus and more specifically Delaware. And Matt Holker uh, here in the uh, Maryville, Knoxville, Tennessee area. Yes, then, here in the now deserted uh, Clear Tai Chi School, but uh, still broadcasting from. <laughs> the, uh, and then uh, Daniel Stringer in the in Florida, and he's in the Paisley slash or Greater Orlando. I'll let him tell you where else Florida area. Hello, hello. Yeah, that's pretty much it. All right. Uh, today I wanted to talk about, I've been asked by several people now, um, you know, when you're, when you're right now, there's a ton of stress and a ton of uncertainty and, and people are, are disturbed and all that. I'm being told by Jim, who's not with us right now. He's a, he's a, a, a sheriff and I'm being told by him that they are all getting ready for like looting and rioting and the looting and rioting, rioting are a known phenomena during a pandemic and that they are caused due to the overwhelming stress that people get. And then you get people in the, in the really poor areas that they will then typically riot and, and start breaking into places and stealing stuff and all kinds of craziness going on. And um, the, really it's, it's part of a greater response to a greater amount of stress and that kind of thing. And so today we're gonna to talk about um, how to deal with stress and how to be calm and how to um, how to conduct yourself under the circumstances that we're in. And this is being filmed during the coronavirus uh, epidemic. We're not at the highest point yet, but we're getting there as, as, as we're over 200, we're under, we're over 250,000 cases today. Um, and we'll probably hit 300, we'll hit 300,000 or more before the end of the day tomorrow at the current rate and all that. Anyway, so today's topic being um, how to be calm and, and actually be calm. And how do you, and my, part of my outlook on that is how do you choose to live? And the, and the trick is, and this, is said to, this was said to me by guys who are active special ops people. And they said that there are people that, that become special operators in the military uh, like Delta and, and Navy SEALs and this kind of thing. And there are people that, that do that. And then when they go out into the field, they spend all their time trying to survive. And they said, those people, when, when stuff goes bad, when shit hits the fan, that they normally don't do very well. Um, and, uh, and usually if somebody's going to die, it's usually going to be due to mistakes and or problems, that kind of thing. Um, errors, um, 
taking too much action or having a, having too much of a, you know, freaking out, this kind of a thing, that those people who are trying to survive usually are the ones that die. And it's because they spend all their time try and all their energy trying to survive and this constant stress and it's very taxing on them on their on their psyche on their brain on their on their personal everything and then when the real stuff stuff happens where you really would need to have been calm and collected and ideally would be even calm and collected then in order to take the right actions they just they're at their they're at their they're pretty much exhausted on that already and it just gets worse from there and so the people who live and, may, and, and are the most likely to survive and that do the best are the ones that they're not surviving out there, they're living out there. And so uh, what I put for my note here is how do you choose to live? A lot of folks are very scared right now and a lot of folks are really stressed right now. And I'm getting asked a lot by different people in different kinds of venues and stuff, how, how to cope and deal with our present situation, you know, in our present circumstances. And for most of us, the coronavirus is not really the problem, right? Um, in other words, do you or does somebody in your household currently have coronavirus? And for most of us, the answer currently is no. Okay, and so, um, and so what is the source of the stress and that kind of thing? actually within your immediate surroundings and the answer is that it's the isolation and the fear of the virus and the stress with the lifestyle changes and what's going on like my i had stress earlier today because matt and i signed on to our to this meeting at the same time and and i couldn't operate the stuff properly because i don't tend to do the technical things that much um, I let the other guys do that. I do a lot more writing and, and organizing and of curriculum and, and directing, if you will, um, uh, looking up things, that kind of stuff. Anyways, um, and so those kinds of things cause stress. And so, um, and so I'll tell you one thing that I, that, I, uh, that, I'll, that I told everybody in the group earlier, and that is for the minute stress or the stress that immediately comes up, I tend to try to deal with it right then. So if it's an issue, if it's something where there's a, there's a uh, something that's got you, like, I'll use it with the kids. I don't let the kid, if one of my, if one of my children, I have two, if you probably know that if you've been watching, the, uh, if one of them's doing something, I don't let it go, let it go, let it go, let it go, and then rah, I go, hey, come on, you gotta stop that. You gotta, come here, what are you doing? And I address it now. And I might be a little bit extra grr about it, but I'm, I get that out of my system right now. I don't let it build up. And, it, and it's because if you let it build up at some point, it will come out. And so you wanna do it um, pretty quickly and get it and get it done. And if you still have stress over that, then that's where you need to deal with you um, in that way. The, uh, and so I talked to them about that. I may come back to that, but I didn't have that in my notes here either. So I wanted to at least say that. One of the things people tend to see when I am under extreme stress, I tend to get exceptionally calm. The calmest in my life that you will ever see me is when things are at their absolute worst. Um, Matt's had the privilege and honor, I guess you could call it that, of seeing me actually being attacked by somebody. And he's seen me be calm, plenty calm in a lot of other situations. He's probably never seen me as calm as he saw me that moment. 
um, and he could answer that better than me, but. Oh, I mean, I, I guess I've seen you as calm as you were in that moment, but it was, it was, you know, the, the situation warranted you being calm, but, it, but out in that parking lot, uh, it was almost eerie because <laughs> it, it seemed like the situation would not warrant you being calm, but you were, uh, um, you, you were, you were very calm and, and actually kind of cracking jokes and um, just, uh, you just had complete control of the situation. And uh, I, I could tell that it was like you were in your element. <laughs> For better or worse. Uh, yeah. Um, when I broke my back in four places, you know, I was, I was very, ecstatic and, and loud and, and ah, for about the first 20, 30 seconds, maybe not that long, but, but really uh, that. And as soon as I realized, oh, I am badly damaged, I am going to have to go to the ER. This could be a life-changing event. Um, at, as soon as that really went through my head, and it went through my head uh, basically uh, after from the pain, yelled out a couple times, screamed out, whatever you want to call it, and then um, tried to get up and make adjustments in my body and fall back down. And I did that twice. And when I went down the second time, I realized I can't stand up. And this is pain like I don't know that I've experienced this amount of pain either at all, ever. Or if I have, it's been like one or two times in my entire life, like not much. Uh, what comes to mind is that I had a... Uh, uh, a, an abscess tooth that was really bad and it felt like somebody put my head on the concrete and was taking a sledgehammer to my head and that would be close uh, to where this was at except it was in my body instead of in my head anyways um, and so once I once after after I tried to get up to two times and fell back down and realized, oh crap, I'm really badly damaged. I went completely calm, no more yelling out, no more spastic anything. Laid down and started calling out very clear, very concise commands to my son. That started off with call an ambulance, call an ambulance now. Said louder than that, but said like that, where he thought I was kidding. And I said, I am not kidding. We are going to the hospital. Um, call the ambulance now. The, uh, anyway, so part of how, part, and I know that when I'm telling you some of this, that I've had an interesting and a different life than a lot of people. Uh, and that doesn't mean, and there definitely are people who've had more stuff in their life than me and more interesting stuff and wilder stuff and more pain and more all kinds of stuff. So I'm not telling you that I'm particularly special. What I'm saying is, that um, for people who haven't experienced a lot of different kinds of trauma and or things that would normally not lend itself to having to get command and control over yourself in that way, they can be like, yeah, but I'm not you and I haven't experienced that. And that's, that's I get that. And so I'm gonna talk to you about tools that I have used or had to use because of what I, because of what I, how I came up and ex experiences that I've had. And those tools should still be useful to you, even though your life is your life. All right. Um, and so when I say some of the stuff that would add to stress, one of them was when I realized as a teenager that my family lifespan was under the age of 50 and I'm 56 now. So, so, and I was in, and my IQ is over 130 
And so whereas a lot of teenagers or even 20-somethings, when you say you're not going to live to be 50 years old, they go, eh, that's a long time from now. And they don't really think about it so much. I had enough wherewithal that when I realized, wait a minute, you're probably not going to live to be 50 years old, it freaked me out a bit because I could conceive of it pretty well. Um, the uh, Having diabetes type 1, and when I first got diagnosed, I was in my 30s, that was, okay, here it comes. This is, I'm not going to see 50. And this is something that's a horrific type disease in terms of what it can do to you and how it can do it to you. And I also was very behind the eight ball. I had studied in the Qigong cancer because that runs in the family too. Um, and some other things. The, uh, and I hadn't studied diabetes because I didn't realize that that's what took my grandmother until after I was diagnosed. And I went back to my mom and dad and asked and then found out, oh, crap, she died of a heart attack and heart attacks I, like that thing, too. The, and the, the uh, blood, high blood pressure and the heart conditions and that kind of thing I had studied. Um, anyway, so I knew that had taken her, but I did not know that it was because of diabetes type one. So I was very behind the eight ball, I had to do a lot of studying and all of that and finding out about it at first was very stressful. Um, I say that I'm still needlephobic, but I'm a lot less needlephobic. Like I, I take shots, have, have taken shots, plenty of them for the diabetes. So I'm not needlephobic like I was, but I was needlephobic. And so the first shot was like, uh, un, undescribable in terms of the amount of stress. Okay. Um, and so were the first few shots, but anyway, but less so than the first one. But anyways, um, and now, a word from our sponsor. For more on the healing power of breath, go to breathhealing.com. Children have an endless supply of energy and vitality. Most adults can access that youthful energy once they know how. Breathhealing.com has methods for self-healing with breath, increasing vitality, lowering blood pressure, and even breathing for longevity. You already breathe all day, every day. Make the most of it. Go to breathhealing.com. I already said, told you about breaking my back in the four places and having to face the potential of lifelong back pain and disability, and that that was a possibility. Um, the, uh, it's also, well, anyways, you get the idea on that. Being physically attacked in a life-threatening manner, uh, I've had that happen over 15 times, uh, several times at gunpoint, half a dozen times at knife point, uh, multiple attackers four or five times. Um, I've had direct death threats by people who had lethal capability um, and an ability to carry out those death threats if they were if they were in this physical space and present and that kind of a thing. And they were calling me very seriously making these threats. Um, and so then dealing with all of that. And um, the other one is that uh, when it comes to the martial arts, I am, whether I am a, consider myself a martial arts master or not, the presentation in our public presentation, and it's appropriate to the things that I do and, and that kind of a thing, is being a recognized martial arts master and all the things that come with that. Most people only think of the good sides of it, but there's a lot of stresses that come with that too, a lot of responsibilities, a lot of you know, I've got responsibilities to my teachers. I've got responsibilities to my students. There are expectations publicly. If, if somebody is designated or recognized as a martial arts master, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of craziness. There are people who will take a punch at you just to see what you'll do. And are you really a master? 
or am I going to really hit you? Or did you hurt me? Which meant, are you really a master? Even though I tried to take your head off all kinds of stuff. Anyways, there are, and I'm not saying that happens every day. I tend to be, oh, I'm going to whip your ass real good for you if that happens. Um, but I've had people absolutely do that um, on more than one occasion. Um, the, uh, uh, anyways, and so all that stuff can make for stressful things and stressful things that you're either going to figure out how to deal with and overcome, or they're stressful things that are going to run and ruin your life. And so as a result of all this, um, I, at a very early age, started having to think about things and did think about things that most people really don't ever normally have to consider, right? And I know that different ones of you on here have had your own challenges and struggles where you've, and where you've had real stressful events and things that made your life stressful and or stressful. And so um, you'll be able to identify with some of this and also you may even have some good input which i'm going to want to hear i'm going to save that to the end but uh and i'll let you see what i'm addressing and all of that because i know you've got your own struggles and challenges and then things you've had to do to overcome that so um one of the things to realize and it's a hard lesson but it's that our lives are but a blink in a moment of a moment in eternity you know, in terms of being on the planet, most of us don't see 100 years. And when you start talking about millennia, it's just not very long, not very long at all. And we all will eventually, as long as we stay true to the rest of what's happened to humanity that's come before us, <clears throat> we all will eventually physically die. The, uh, and then the, one of the questions there is, how will you face death? knowing you did your best and part of the question will be is did you do your best and really the question that's really not the question the real question is how do you choose to live like an operator that's being taught by other operators do not go out there and survive live out there and by out there i mean if they're out in the field this kind of thing tai chi is about being the calm eye in the center of the storm and there is a storm and one of the ways to do the Tai Chi form as a physical thing is that you have a partner and the partner doesn't have to have any knowledge or skill. So if you're at home doing this, a wife or a child could do it. And you have them put their hand in like your arms going up. So let's say you're doing the first move. I'll do it here. And you have to put their arm over top. And ideally what you do is you slide around that. If they put their arm underneath and then you slide around. And then if they're putting their hand on you somewhere and you keep doing the form all the way through without changing the, the form at all. And so every time you need to go soft to flow around, you do every time you need, every time they're doing something that really doesn't impede your movement at all. You just keep going as if they're not there. And what part of what you're doing, and they're doing stuff and they may even try to push you a little bit, this kind of a thing or grab a hold of something and you just keep moving like they're not there. And so there being that storm around you and you're being that calm in the center that just continues and responds appropriately in terms of whether you're being unbending quality or, or flowing around quality, right? Um, and that kind of thing. The, uh, are there any questions about, and you, most of you guys have trained that one that are on the call. If you haven't trained that one and you're at home, I recommend you train that. Of course, you can go to clearmartialarts.com 
and then we've got that training on there somewhere for you. So one of the keys to all of this is living in the now, right now. The highest, one of the, the highest spiritual states also require you to be in the now, right? And being in the now means not living in the past, not living in the future, not even letting your mind be in the past or the future. People are most commonly afraid of change and the unknown. And this is primarily a result of clinging to the past. They want what they had, and that doesn't exist anymore. What you have is what's right now. And or worrying about the future, and that future has not happened yet. Again, you're in right now. That's where you are. That's where you actually are living at. Not what's going to happen even five minutes from now is different than now. For the art, Tai Chi, and life, and higher spirituality, clinging to the past and worrying about the future is living in a fantasy and something that isn't real. These things are not currently real. Now, I'm not telling you not to learn from the past. Yes, learn the lessons from the past. I'm not telling you not to reminisce fondly about past events, right? Of course, uh, that's nostalgia and or reminiscing and or appreciating life and what, what you have experienced, right? That kind of thing. And I'm also not telling you don't plan for your future. Plan for it, make that an activity that you do, but it's that, it's an activity that you do and then the rest of the time, you're not doing that. And write it down and make sure to plan it out and, and that kind of a thing. Um, that way, when you, if you're going, what, what was that again? You can just go look it up and not have to recreate it every time or keep thinking about, about it that way. Although if, so, if you, so it's, it's, although if you're thinking about it because things are occurring to you, okay, and write those down. And once you've got it all out, you know what you refer back to and where it's at and you do that. I am saying that life happens in the here and now, right? One of the, one of the Tai Chi practices to do with your form is to be in the now, focused on only now. And it is something that I find that most people struggle with, not everybody, uh, but, but quite commonly people struggle with it. Um, and it is a lot of times people, if they're not familiar with it, they go, well, yeah, I'm doing this now and I'm doing that now and I'm doing this other thing now. I don't understand what's so hard, right? It's kind of easy. Well, it's a lot harder than it sounds at first. Um, it's a little more, there's a little more to it. And it is really important for higher level development. And so most people, if you said, do the first move in the form, rise and fall or place hands on jade table or opening move, they'll come up, they'll turn and they're already thinking about going down, right? And the fact that they came up here and as they started to transition, they didn't think about the transition. What they thought about was, I'm gonna go down now, but they're not going down yet. That is a break from the now. That is actually the kind of distance, that is a dissonance. Now it's a much smaller dissonance than I've got my head off in the clouds thinking about, you know, years from now, but it's still a disconnect from now. And so when you come up, it's got to be, I'm not even thinking about changing to the next move. I'm thinking about, I'm moving up, I'm moving up, I'm moving up. Oh, I'm rolling. I'm rolling. By rolling, I'm talking about this action. I'm rolling. I'm rolling. I'm rolling. I'm sinking. I'm sinking. I'm sinking. And I'm thinking it as I do it. And I get to the bottom. And when I get to the bottom, it's not, oh, the bottom's coming up. That's in the future. I'm not there yet. I'm sinking. I'm sinking. I'm turning. I'm turning. So I kind of hit that bottom 
I was aware of hitting that bottom, but it's such a brief moment that it's like I hit the bottom and I'm turning. And it's not I hit the bottom. That's what happened in the past. It's I'm sinking, I'm sinking, I'm sinking, I'm turning. And so I was aware of the instant that I hit bottom, but I can't dwell on it because it's that long and then it's gone, right? And so it's now this turning is I sit down and I sort of settle or settling. I'm settling, I'm settling, I'm settling, I'm rolling, I'm rolling, I'm rolling, I'm rolling, I'm moving, however you want to call this movement. And you could say out and out and out. And so I'm really exactly where I'm at in the form, doing exactly what I'm doing. And my mind is aware of that thing that's happening in this moment. And what you'll find is that I'm using this one to show you about those changes. But every time you hit a change, there's a tendency to want to skip ahead to what comes next instead of doing what you're doing right now. So that when you do a transition like this one, there is a lot going on in that move. And only now that I start to go and do wild horse tosses main. But there was all this other stuff that is stuff in between. Your transitions are not okay, now I'm doing my other movement. It's that there actually should be time and energy and thought and feeling and and, and a physical responsiveness to what's actually happening in that moment. Um, and then you're using this skill of being in the now like that then to translate it to other things. Oh, this thing's gonna happen. What's happening now? And when I say, if it's what this thing is going to happen, there's a truck coming down through here. You better get out of the middle of the road. Okay, it'd be smart to me to get out of the middle of the road right now so I don't get hit by whatever truck happens to be coming down the road later. The, uh, and so I'm now moving out of the road, right? Um, all right, are there any questions about the being in the now and kind of training in the now with your form? Is that something you should strive to do all the time, or is that a thing? Like sometimes we'll go through the form focusing on a spiral or waving or No, I would do it like doing spiraling or waving, but the trick is, like you've seen this from me, that if you said start doing waving, I go, okay, and I'm waving now. Notice it wasn't, I oh, wait a minute, i got to get ready. Oh, yeah, I'm getting my body all well, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be waving here in a minute. It's wave, okay, I'm waving. If you said spiraling, okay. I'm spiraling. It's not, in other words, I built it to the point where I do it now instantly as I turn it on. So if you said start waving or start spiraling or start rooting or start, it's now, 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 not hold on while I take five or 10 minutes and get warmed up and kind of get into it, right? And so now the same way that anytime I'm doing anything where we're having this focused, clear, salient, present moment thought comes into play, that as soon as I go now, I'm in now. Okay, thank you. Um, like that. I was talking, I was joking with, uh, kind of joking with Matt here the other day. And I said, I realize now the secret to uh, everybody, you know, if you look at all the superheroes and you go, what's your superhero? And maybe you're Batman or you're Superman or you're uh, Wonder Woman or you're, you know, depending on who you are and all that stuff. The, uh, uh, for me, apparently it's Deadpool. Uh, and it occurred to me that I tend to live an awful lot where I'm breaking the fourth wall in the way that I just conduct myself in terms of thought and life. 
And part of the breaking of the fourth wall, if you understood how to do that really well, there's a lot of high level um, spiritual type things that are possible that are only kind of possible with that, with that mindset. You wouldn't have to be thinking I'm breaking the fourth wall, but where that is the access to that thing. And being in the now puts you in the frame in the frame of mind that you have to be in to do that. There are other ways to, to break the fourth wall, so to speak, other than being in the now. I don't recommend any of them. They're going to be terrifying. They're going to be traumatic. They're going to be hard on you. It's, it's really not a healthy way to do it. But when you get there by being in the now, um, it's because you can actually kind of see the construct of the walls because you're present in the moment instead of when you're thinking in the past or the future, you see that construct, whether you realize you're seeing that construct or not. So Chris, I got you raised a hand there. Yep. So, so with being here now, um, how much now is there? Quite a bit more than people think. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing is that there's so much information in the now that if you truly are doing now, it's, it's, you start working on that expanded awareness in the now. And what, what I find is I haven't found an endpoint yet that keeps being more and more and more. Can that be similar to maybe when, a, maybe if you're entering into a traumatic situation and everything slows down around you, is that a similar thing? It is because part of what's happening is that your spirit is actually forcing your mind to go into now in order to be able to properly deal with the, the amount of things or the level of threat um, or the amount of trauma that's going on right now. And so because your mind is off in the future or the past, there's a, there is a certain kind of a speed to that, but it's more of a falling down kind of a speed, not a speed you really want. There are ways to be a lot faster that are, um, that are a lot, uh, that are not in the past or the future, but because your mind then zips into now, it kind of, kind of snaps in, if you will. And because of that, there is that tendency for time to either feel, uh, slowed down or sped up as a result. So, yes. And now a word from our sponsor. For more on the healing power of breath, go to breathhealing.com. Children have an endless supply of energy and vitality. Most adults can access that youthful energy once they know how. Breathhealing.com has methods for self-healing with breath, increasing vitality, lowering blood pressure, and even breathing for longevity. You already breathe all day, every day. Make the most of it. Go to breathhealing.com.